and welcome to the first week of Channel KRT's Holy Month, aka our own personal hell. I'm Tyler Green. I'm Kit Niver Von Villain Quinn. So I guess heaven is our hell. Yes, yes it is. Anyway, I'm Randy. And <laughs> anyone else get a vibe from heaven the way it's described as one of those really fancy office buildings that's like really nice. It has like a cafeteria. But the cafeteria is all full of just candy or, like, protein bars, and the AC is on way too high. And all they play is boring country music. <laughs> Not even, like, music or anything, just generic, like, TikTok advertiser music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as we mentioned in the previous episode, we are going to be spending this entire month looking at nothing but bizarro-ass Christian content. So embarking with us on this journey today is a long-awaited returning guest. Please welcome back to the show, Wesley Boudelier. Hey, I got the name right this time. It's a hard one. It's a disaster of a last name there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the listener, last time he was on, uh, I accidentally pronounced his last name as Boutelier. And then he had to tell me, oh, no, man, you you got my name wrong. <laughs> not not the first and not the worst screw up I've heard of it. So <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm no. used to it. So, Wesley, what's your religious trauma? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, weirdly enough, uh, I was never like, su- I, I went to church like my whole uh life as a kid like as a kid i was always at church and my mom made me do the youth group stuff and get confirmed and as soon as i got confirmed she was like all right well now you can choose if you want to go and i was like okay i don't want to (laughs) go what was the point of that what was the point of getting confirmed then i don't know it just never did anything for me but i don't know that it was because like any like particular reason it was more just like oh this is boring i'd rather do something else (laughs) with my sundays i'm wondering if like maybe it's one of those branches of christianity where it's like you can pretty much just do whatever the hell you want as long as you accept jesus as your lord and savior even if it's right before you die yeah so i can't believe it's been a little over a year since we last tackled bizarro i mean i guess veggie tales isn't bizarro christian content but it's kind of the beginning of the pipeline you know (laughs) it's kind of like the only thing that crossed over i feel like like people who weren't religious families or anything they had veggie tales tapes Oh, absolutely. And, like, it was just kind of everywhere. It wasn't, like, only delegated to church. Like, I mean, I was still aware of, like, certain Christian shows growing up. Like, for example, you know, I have, like, very specific memories of just being up on Saturday morning and accidentally turning on TBN when they're showing Bible Man or Salt <laughs> which, yeah, we are going to be talking about those this month, too. So It's funny, though. As a kid, I definitely remember some videotape from when we were in catholic um ccd but i can't remember for the life of me anything about them other than they were cartoons and they involved jesus you know of all things i expected to follow up after our veggie tales episode i didn't expect someone to yell at us on twitter (laughs) (laughs) oh god So I'll go into this super quickly. Um, So some guy who used to follow us on Twitter, we'll be generous and call him Craig. Craig got mad at us for an episode he didn't even listen to, started thinking because we have an edgy sense of humor, we're going to be so mean to the people and everybody who follows it. Yes. Yes. It's literally yes. The whiniest fucking thread ever. Craig was just bitching and moaning like, oh, God, why are they going to be so mean? And then we blocked him. We didn't even bother responding to his bullshit. And he fucking went on a whole crybaby rant about it. Like, we were the best of friends, guys. What happened? We didn't even fucking know you. I only knew you in passing. What the fuck are you talking about? And then he eventually got into a huge argument with Tony, and then it led to him deactivating his whole account. And this is probably going to give away who he was, but he said the funniest goddamn thing ever. It's time for this dude bro to hang up his fedora. (laughs) Good lord, Craig. Why are Christians being persecuted against this shit? 
this shit is why. Maybe worry about the ones in fucking, like, Ethiopia that are actually being persecuted. The ones in Palestine, the ones in North Korea, for fuck's sake. No, somebody made fun of Western Christianity on the internet and gay people are allowed to get married. <laughs> like, motherfucker, I don't hate Christians. I don't hate people who are just happen to be Christian. I don't hate the ones who just happen to be Christian. Like, I know Weird Al's a Christian. He's not a dick. Alfred Molina's a Christian. He's a cool dude. You know who I hate? The fucking people in politics right now who are literally turning the country into a Christo-fascist nightmare. I hate the ones like Joshua Bassett who go on stage to fucking preach sermons. I fucking hate those types. So if you're getting so mad at the possibility we're going to make fun of all Christians, even though we've made it clear which ones that we're talking about, that's a you problem, my dude. Yes. Yeah, um, hello. Witches, pagans, Muslims, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, Catholics, too. Which, you know, I, oh, okay, the Catholics are powerful enough that they kind of deserve it. But, um, anyway, <laughs> every other religion, especially the marginalized ones, has been torn up, chewed up, spit out, then shit on since the beginning of time. You can handle it. Yeah. Western Christians, Western Catholics... You can handle it. Uh, I feel kind of bad for devoting our topic already to no fun, but that's how this topic made me feel. <laughs> like Jonah, a VeggieTales movie, it had a problematic message and it overall was far from my favorite thing VeggieTales has done, but at least it wasn't hateful like this fucking thing was. Just uh, I gotta be honest, I'm pretty happy that Jonah fucked around and found out that, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool, you know? He, he literally saved a place full of people he hates just so he could see them be destroyed, and God was like, nope. <laughs> Alright, so getting into the first topic for Unholy Month, we are talking about a very, very obscure piece of media from 1983, Gingerbrook Fair, a VHS about obedience, starring clowns. Yes, because if there's anything that says uh, blindly obeying the authority and the status quo, it's clowns. Clowns are all about rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how prominent clowning is in Christian communities. Yeah. There are just straight up ministries devoted to creating clown gags that spread Love and tolerance and whatnot. Can we get a live Judge Claude Frollo reaction on this one? <laughs> <laughs> Witchcraft or clowncraft. I don't know. Yeah, and so there is no Wikipedia page for this movie, no IMDb. I can barely find any info on any of the cast members, although we did find there is one active on online and... We'll have things to say about them. Was he the one who played Mick, or was it... Oh, Chris? he was Matthew. Matthew, that... Yeah. Matthew. Matthew! Don't be racist, Matthew! <laughs> Don't be racist. Yeah, so I found out recently that the guy who played Matthew in this has a YouTube account where he reacts to current events. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I hate where this is going already. He made a video apologizing, of course, apologizing in air quotes, to Black Lives Matter. And the apology in question is just 15 minutes of just the most racist fucking stereotypes imaginable. I'm not going to repeat any of it, but it's bad. It is. Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Again... This coming from the religion that's supposed to be loving and tolerant. And also I found a comment on one of the video uploads of this tape from this girl who said the guy who played Mick is her dad. And she said she grew up watching Gingerbrook Fair. And I'm just like, much respect to you. I'm sure you're a nice person. I mean, I hope you are. Are you okay? <laughs> you can't just say that and leave out every fucking detail that we're missing about this. Oh, boy. Where was he on January 6th, 2021? <laughs> so there's a Southern Belle clown character in this, and somehow she is less racist than Matthew. I think she's my least favorite, though, I will say. <laughs> well, does anybody really have a favorite clown from this? No. <laughs> um, Unless Conniver Von Villain counts, he is literally the only good part of this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I will say there's some performances that I don't mind. Like, they actually are kind of 
giving it their all. I mean, no one's as fun as anyone from Clown TV, but exactly, they are doing like a little something. But I, I rewatched the intro and was like, oh, who is my favorite clown? And I was like, I don't know if I really fuck with any of these guys. <laughs> yeah, like, like you can tell that there was a lot of talent and effort put into this. That being said, I'm still going to shit on it. I will say that I'm choosing to believe that Blue is the Jody Sweden of all these clowns. He secretly left all these clowns eventually to go on to be a gay communist pagan. I feel like if you put the clowns from Clown TV and Gingerbrook Fair in the same room together, the Gingerbrook Fair clowns would tell them all they're going to hell solely for existing. Yep. Let's just say that uh, if Clown TV is a drag performance, then uh, Gingerbrook Fair is conversion therapy. <laughs> Don't you mean clown version therapy? Queer people are losing their rights in the United States. They use whatever that machine is that they kept uh, talking about. What are they? I the wish Ginger I had. Brookulator? Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. They, the machine that they never really say what it does. It just like made a like a projection of some words and then apparently can also make presents they don't even show it we're just supposed to believe that this thing exists they never show it also i promise you that once they finally revealed every single person who insurrected the capital on january 6th we're gonna find out at least one of these people was one of them oh absolutely my money's on bubble gum <laughs> <laughs> You never suspect the one with the puppet. (laughs) (laughs) The puppet was the one who did it. (laughs) (laughs) So I should mention, technically, there is a series of Gingerbrook Fair videos and CDs. Four. Four. Yeah, when I was looking it up, the main thing I was finding was like vinyl. (laughs) Like you could buy records. So these were put out by a Christian music label named Agape Land. (laughs) And it originally started as a final record put out in 1977, which I couldn't find on YouTube, so I don't know how it fares, really, pun intended. You do not want to name anything agape, my dude. I know it's agape, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as Kit mentioned, there are four of these. One of which was on YouTube for a period. It was an episode where, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the clown's peaches pretends to be a red-nosed graduate. And it's basically a whole thing on telling the truth. It's just as stupid as this was. Stolen valor. It got taken down from YouTube and... Y'all aren't missing much. (laughs) The other one that's worth noting is, I guess, sort of a prequel called the Red Nose Express, which details how everybody got into Mixed Junior Clown School and why Conniver Von Villain is who he is. And there's a couple things worth noting in there. One, first of all, there's an E.T. joke at the top of it. Yo, (laughs) do do you remember what it is? So a lot of it takes place in a mental hospital. What? <laughs> Obviously, this is going to be very, you know, respectful to the mentally ill. And Ugh. at the beginning, you hear like a calling Dr. Fine-esque joke, but it's calling Dr. E.T., phone home, phone home. Oof. <laughs> Not even a good fuck? joke. <laughs> Just lazy. <laughs> the gist of this is that uh, Kniver Von Villain gets committed because he got kicked out of mixed junior clown school. Oh, shit. And, he's, and he spends the whole thing retelling why he got kicked out and... It doesn't go anywhere. The only other thing worth of note is that in a song, Mick states that clowns and people are different from each other. Ah, <laughs> uh, that doesn't raise any horrifying implications. Well, I can see why uh, Matt turned out the way he is. So is this movie in the big comfy couch universe and are they just regular people in it? I would say that... um. These guys are the Westboro Baptist Church of the Big Comfy Couch Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Missy, the clown housekeeper, is Granny Garbanzo's conservative twin. They look alike. So yeah, getting into this, we start off with a narration that that explains that it's going to be Mick's birthday, and the kids are getting ready for it. Yeah, they're clown kids too, by the way. I mean, yeah, they say they're kids, but they're so obviously grown-ass adults. Grease- Passed off adults as teenagers better than this. Good God. I was going to say, the the term kids is used uh, loosely. (laughs) I will give it the teeniest, tiniest bit of credit. They didn't go with a stupid Mick thinks everybody forgot his birthday plot, but 
That's it. Well, let's be real. What they do instead is equally as insidious, if not more. Yeah, true. Pretty much. Uh, okay, so maybe this isn't better than Little Mermaid's Island. At least Little Mermaid's Island didn't tell us to just blindly obey authority. What's worse, the birthday song in this or the birthday song in Little Mermaid's Island? Yes. I don't even remember the birthday song in this, now that I think about it. Yeah, I think my mind kind of, like, repressed every song from this, and I finished watching it today. Oopsie and Poopsie have the best birthday song. All of these fuckers deserve to get ice cream stuck on their noses, and then ripped off painfully. (laughs) (laughs) Also, was anybody else getting zippity doodah at home vibes from the theme song? Oof, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be quite a day. I'm gonna be on my way. Get a load of the mood I'm in. Get a load of my silly grin. It's gonna be quite a day. I'm singing a hip hooray. Get a load of the mood I'm in. Get a load of my silly grin. What was with like the 80s and 70s and 90s having the same fucking choir for everything? I swear to God, I could not tell the difference between this and the Dumbo Circus intro. Oh my God, you're <laughs> right. That's what I was trying to think it reminded me of. And Yeah, I they just, all sound the same. It's because corporate synergy was all over the place then. Synergy! Because fuck you. Another thing I've noticed about this too is that the clown makeup in this is just really uninspired. Yeah, it's a little basic. Especially, I don't know, It's it's not creative (laughs) a lot of it is just expressionless like 90 percent of it is just a white face and like freckles drawn on there's like nothing else that like exaggerates like the mouth or like the eyes or anything matthew has like weird uh something painted on his face like a a flag or something or like a i don't even know like weird rectangles it's this cutie mark (laughs) (laughs) yeah it looked like i swear it looked like he had the fucking like swedish flag painted on him or something (laughs) so their whole point of going to clown school is so they eventually get their red nose so do they one get the red nose handed to them and then they just put it on or two does it sprout out of them horrifically like a cutie mark does (laughs) actually i don't want to know well you see in the movie that mick's nose is held on with strings so what i'm assuming is that they get the red nose but They do what they do in the Eli Roth movie and just glue it on their faces permanently. (laughs) There's a ceremony and they uh, tear off their regular nose. Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, All of these clowns look like if somebody merged Bobo the Clown from UHF and the Doodle Bops together. That's what I was getting the vibes of. I will not accept any Doodle Bops slander here. (laughs) Yeah, this was giving me Doodle Bops vibes, I will admit. <laughs> all right, fine. You, I, it was giving Doodle Bops vibes. <laughs> also, all of them deserved a frying pan to their face as well. So I've noticed that the hierarchy of students is kind of the same as it is in Victorious, and that the show primarily focuses on a small group of students, while the other students there are just basically background props slash shruggers. I don't even think we saw other background characters. <laughs> like you have main boy. Main girl, main boy two, main girl two, dumb boy, dumb girl, crazy teacher. (sighs) All of these characters just blended in with each other, and I guess it was kind of cool seeing some of the settings of Circus World, but they focus so much on the damn caboose, it's like, what is even the point of filming it here? Yeah, one, this claustrophobic-ass caboose that half of the movie takes place in. If you went to a public school that had the trailers outside and you'd have to yeah, like have some classes in a trailer, it was exactly like that. I remember going to classes oh, in a trailer like that. Did they have those in the 80s? Because those, I noticed they became way more prominent in the early 2000s. And two, this was filmed at Circus World in Haines City, Florida, which, of course, it's Florida. They film in Circus World for like five seconds and reuse half the shots in the same song. Guys, this is footage of Ron DeSantis's education system. <laughs> I got excited at the uh, uh, at the end when it was like filmed in, on location at Circus World in Florida. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go to Circus World. And then looked it up to find out, oh, it closed in 1986. <laughs> oh, man. oh, no. Thanks, Disney and Universal and SeaWorld. Nah, I think this tape was responsible for Circus World closing. Like, No, you're right. If they had filmed this shit at the Magic Kingdom, 
It would be on an episode of Defunctland. Oh, God. Which, funny enough, the first owners of Circus World were Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circuses. Yeah, which is so crazy. So you'd think that there'd be, like, better clowns, like, in this. But it makes me wonder if the, if Gingerbrook Fair was actually associated with Circus World at all, or if they were just like, hey, we're a clown thing. Can we film our clown thing here? And they were like, sure, I guess. You think we have time? To find quality clowns when we're busy over here torturing elephants. <laughs> yeah, I saw some uh, clips from Circus World, and it was like the saddest polar bears you've ever seen that are just like stuck living in a failing Florida theme park. And you're like, oof. You gotta keep up with the theming. If the animals are happy and well cared for, then it takes you out of the illusion that this is a circus. Anyway, who wants to ride the Zoomerang? Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, every year I find a tape that makes me sincerely, sincerely apologize so hard to Zoobly Zoo. At least there was a lot of effort put into Zoobly Zoo. It's just that now I have to say that out of every fucking thing we've ever reviewed, at least they don't teach you to just blindly obey authority. Ugh. Yeah, that was the weird part of this where i was like surely they're gonna like explain this better there's gonna be like a lesson and it's like no just like any adult in your life you have to listen to them and obey everything they say let me go over some of the things that this special says vertebrin you must obey because god set it up that way God puts people in authority over you for your own good. Which, you gotta love that they say, the people who are in charge of you are your parents, your youth pastor, your teacher, and I'm just like, boy, what a great thing to be teaching kids during a time when numerous sexual abuse scandals were being revealed by the church, for fuck's sake. What? Nothing, a youth pastor's never done anything weird. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the drag queens. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. And what makes it even worse is that there's a fucking joke where one of the clowns, Neon, says, Oh, I never knew that's what obedience was. Well, I always thought it was doing what you were told so you wouldn't get clobbered. (laughs) Ha, 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 child abuse. Again, this coming from the religion that's loving and tolerant. Everyone who watched this tape as a child needs therapy. Also, then they do a dumbass joke where Matthew overhears it as cobbler. Uh, Get it? It's because he's stupid and the only thing he thinks about is food. They also have a dumbass joke where Sunshine is basically saying, Oh, we won't do it happily, but we will obey you. And I'm like, stop stealing my riffs. And then Matthew's like, "Uh, she's so short. She wouldn't have any altitude when Mick says something about attitude. I'm just like, kill me. Yeah, what is their definition of obedience? It's like doing? Oh my god. It's like weird. It's like culty and <laughs> scary. What, what I want to know is between this shit And between the Stranger Danger shit, kids in the 80s must have been confused as fuck. Okay, so their definition of obedience is literally written on the wall as, Obedience is cheerfully doing what I'm asked to do, and doing it quickly because I love you. Not cult-like behavior at all. Definitely not guilt-trippy in the slightest. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we need Winnie the Pooh on this one. (laughs) I just imagine some Christian parent saying, like, I'm not letting my kids watch clown TV, those groomers. I'm going to have them watch this, where uh, (laughs) their definition of obedience is... Do whatever I say, and do it right now, quickly, because you love me. Now, if you really loved me, you would obey me. And if you don't love me, you'll burn in the pits of hell for eternity. Good God. Nick is such a, like, gaslighter, like, manipulative dude. I could not stand listening to Mick. His voice sounds exactly like the sarcastic guy in that one skit in Kids in the Hall, of, like, that one guy who couldn't express his sadness because he was so sarcastic. I will say, at least they they did have some good clowning stuff, like, Mick... On the, uh, were they on a unicycle where he was like riding on the guy's shoulder? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then the juggling was pretty good. But that was like the one guy who came in for like two seconds and that's all he was in. Yeah, Beeper the Clown. I wonder if he's like a real clown who's actually like in circuses and stuff. And they were like, oh, we need someone in here who can like really 
juggle the hell out of these. Yeah, pins. I don't know what the hell Beeper's deal was, but when he came in, he kind of had this vibe of I down an entire bottle of vodka on my way over here. <laughs> <laughs> he probably actually fucking hated Mick, but he agreed to do it because he was offering him like forty thousand dollars or something. It's like, <laughs> oh well, I gotta pay. I gotta pay off my divorce somehow. <laughs> he's still brainwashed, so he's like, I must. I have to obey. If, if I don't obey, I'll burn in hell. Yeah, and that's another thing too. When Mick is on the top of the unicycle at the end, when he's like, now if I don't obey Beeper, I could be in a lot of big trouble. I was really hoping it would go the Billy Madison route and he would just fall off and have an aneurysm. <laughs> he just fucking dies. And it's like that one fucking Malcolm in the Middle Family Guy clip with Brian Cranston like, kids, we're free. <laughs> We're finally free. In all fairness, I wish that was how the show ended. Lois was a see you next Tuesday. Yeah. So then going back to the classroom scene. So we're supposed to feel sorry for Mick because, oh, the students aren't obeying. When? It's just. Then, so then he decides to tell them this fucking story. Oh, God. The story. Oh, the fucking king story. I'm fucking ready to roast <laughs> this. This was weird. You know, I've always loved Prince of Egypt, but you know what it really needed? It needed to be shot in a scary ass location where it feels like the back rooms it needed baby jack nicholson and some girl looks like a a dollar tree princess we need a story about them not getting along while playing a game which and you know what it needs to be 80 yard worse than the 70s godzilla movies and with terrible lip sync as well (laughs) also these giant game pieces that are literally just people in silver paint looking like the fucking tin man their entire life is misery like i felt so bad bad for them and to make them move the kids tug their arms but it looks like the arms are doing fucking jerk off motions <laughs> oh by the way that shit okay so the story is you know the king is like oh my god i love my children so much i'm gonna make them a game now we never specify what the game is it's just trees and rocks and these pieces that are just humans in cheap costumes and big dice and there's rules but they never say what the rules are just that there's rules so he leaves his children unattended with these fragile ass giant game pieces and the boy is like you know "Eh, fuck the rules and the little girl is like no you can't fuck the rules and boy's like watch me bitch (laughs) (laughs) And so the girl's like, all right, you you want to go nuts? Let's fucking go nuts. And so they just, like, first of all, they, like, keep, like, abusing the fuck out of these people's arms. It's like the arm is rigid, and they keep, like, cranking it up and down. I tried doing that to my own arm, and that shit hurted. <laughs> <laughs> and they do, like, a close-up on the game piece people's faces, and they just look, like, terrified, but they can't speak. They're, like, just being tortured. Of course they break you know, the whole game, I guess, from doing this. And it's kind of implied that they explode, but it's quite literally just the pieces, like, you know, Send having a to hell, <laughs> having like a standing seizure while there's a fog machine going on. And then the king comes back and this is where shit gets weird. And then the king just starts singing this fucking Brian Adams ass ballad about how, oh, you guys didn't play the game right and I'm sad. Even kings have hearts that really break and breath that makes a sigh and eyes that really cry. But my broken heart and all the tears because I love you so. Also, apparently the song is called The Kings Have Hearts, and I'm like, when are we getting Kings Have Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kings Have Hearts 2, Kings Have Hearts 1 and a half? They do a close-up of his face, and he's actually crying. <laughs> like, no, not even like, you know... They, they, they like put some eye drops on him. The dude is actually crying. And I felt like I was watching a cult tape at that point. I was like, Jesus. We got to be nicer to kings. <laughs> this dude legitimately crying is like faded over 
with like the get the broken ass <laughs> human game pieces just standing there with a fog machine. <laughs> Footage of King Charles after Diana fans roast him on Twitter. <laughs> Kings have feelings too. Kings have feelings too, Megan and Harry. You know, it's at this point that you realize this really isn't about obedience as much as it is not questioning authority. Oh, and the King story just ends there. It literally just ends there on the shot of this guy fucking crying in real life. And then Mick is like, the end. And Mick is just conveniently leaving out the part where the king immediately just stones the children. <laughs> I think the king music video kind of goes hard a little bit. I think it looks cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. It looks, <laughs> looks freaky. And then Mick is all, oh, it can only have a sad story so you guys will learn. So he's admitting it's fear mongering. What the fuck, dude? Blindly obey <laughs> authority or your life will be ruined. This isn't a cult, by the way. Also, it didn't really work because as soon as they leave the classroom, they start fucking up again. What's the villain's... What's his name? Like, Villain McConniver Von Villain. Conniver Von Villain. Conniver Von That's... Villain, who, by the way, has a really great entrance. Because he, he's just hanging out behind this horse carriage, and then he pops out, and you hear this royal fanfare. Present? Did I hear somebody present? Ten out of ten, best entrance. So I will say, normally when any Christian like kids tape has a villain, I become immediately sus because I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna be like an atheist or a free thinker, isn't he? He's just dollar store snidely whiplash. Basically. Yeah, he's just like a mustache twirling guy. Like <laughs> he's just a dick for dick's sake. He looks like a human hamburglar, which I am glad they at least didn't make him into an anti-Semitic stereotype, like say Risky Rat from Salty. I gotta say, this was not Sasha Baron Cohen's highest point. <laughs> Someone was watching R Wacky Races before they made this character. <laughs> basically. Also, all these characters basically pick on Blue the entire fucking movie. Why? Because they're talking about, you know, what they want to do for Mick. He suggests something, and they're like, no, Blue, your idea is stupid. Yeah. And then immediately after that, Neon's like, hey, I know. Let's give him our obedience for his birthday. Ugh, like... W terrible gift. <laughs> not a cult, not a cult, not a cult, we're not a cult. Also, the entire episode they're talking about Mick's birthday, but then regularly they're like, we forgot the food, we forgot the cake, we forgot the presents. I'm like... You guys are only talking about his birthday. You really didn't, like, put much uh, thought into it. Also, like, if you knew it was his birthday, why are you waiting until today to plan everything? Because, Randy, today's special is his birthday. <laughs> Remember the song? So Conniver tries to convince the other clowns, Hey, water under the bridge. You should listen to my great idea and use the machine. And he's actually giving good advice that sometimes rules don't mean shit. But it's like, no, rules mean everything. Which I'm not saying they're never important, but come on. You can never question them. <laughs> I can agree with the rule of, you know, don't touch heavy machinery if you're a fucking dumb shit kid. Yeah. But like also like he's telling them, you know, you should disobey your 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 teacher and touch the machine anyway. And I'm like, what's he getting out of this? See, to fix this whole tape, they should have just done it as a reenactment of every European work safety PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely terrify the kids into following basic safety rules. Maybe that was his plan, because we don't see the machine. I was thinking the same thing, like, what does Conniver get out of this? Like, just making them break the rules? Yeah, they build up this whole scene like they're actually going to have the kids do it. And they don't. Because fucking Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas has shown up to be oh, my paralysis yeah. demon yet again. The fucking wisdom tree. You know what? I'd like to apologize to Grandmother Willow. Grandmother Willow is nowhere near as terrifying as the wisdom tree. She made me miss the tree from Weesing and Sillyville. That tree at least had some dignity. The only negative comment I saw on YouTube was somebody that was like, how do they not notice that big ass tree standing there? <laughs> <laughs> also, what I'm wondering is why didn't the tree step in when fucking McNasty or whatever his name was again? Also, I get that they were trying to make her look like a tree and I'm not necessarily saying that was their intention, although we never know. 
Did it look a little like brown face to anybody else? Yep. Yeah, it did. Sea face? Yeah, sure, why not? Also, the nose looked really phallic. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Her name is Wisdom Tree. Is this the bitch responsible for all those NES games? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, thanks for Super and 3D Noah's Ark. That one's kind of a banger. And then it cuts to a whole song where all they do is pick on Blue because, oh, he isn't sure about the rules and he might have some different ideas. Blue, you gotta just blindly obey authority. Free thinker! Crucify him! God forbid you not conform to the rules and do your own thing. That's not allowed on these premises. I guarantee you he's gonna slip. I even had a boyfriend a few years ago and all these clowns are gonna react the way Candace Cameron did. Where is the fucking sledgehammer lady from the Macintosh commercial when we need her? <laughs> yeah, and there's and in the song they're singing, Oh, your time is come, you've gotta listen. Listen to your conscience or you'll perish. That was kind of the vibe I was getting from it. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, listening to your gut is always a good idea. But this isn't about listening to your gut. This is about blindly obeying authority. This is another song that I totally forgot about. And I feel like Clown TV is, I mean, I'm biased when it comes to Clown TV, but I feel like that's like nothing but banger songs. And this, there's like two in here that I've been singing in my head throughout the day. But this conscious one, I had to, I, you just reminded me that there was even a song about your conscience. I completely forgot it. That's the thing. The stuff from Clown TV still lives rent-free in my head almost two years later. I still bop to the tutu twist. Yes! And also a song about listening to your conscience. Don't make me just want to watch the Disney Pinocchio, the good one. Yeah, this movie did need a, a clown playing with horse shit. <laughs> so then it cuts to the fucking scene where they go to mix class with Beeper, and why the fuck are they trying to say- Now, can you students imagine what would happen if I didn't have the law- of gravity to apply to my juggling? Yeah! You lose a lot of those little clubs! That's not what the law of gravity is. It's not a law. I was like, you don't have a choice. Like, you can't not follow it. It just happened. This special implies that you could just be like, you know what? Fuck gravity. And just float away. <laughs> These people are going to start monetizing the mere concept of falling down, of breathing, like that one episode of Spongebob, I swear to God. Also, there's this stupid-ass joke where Beeper is juggling, and then it suddenly cuts to one of the pins being missing. It turns out Matthew is somehow on the rafters. <laughs> How the fuck did he get up there so fast? The the way that they cut to that confused me too. I was like, wait a second. Wait, what is happening here? This doesn't <laughs> this doesn't add up. Let's let him fuck around and find out. He can just fall from that. <laughs> He's you know, not obeying the law of gravity. It's too bad this is a Christian special. Matthew would make a great trickster god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Matthew is a Loki variant. Probably. I could see Loki, like, making a fucking YouTube channel being a weird Christian who's also racist just for shits and giggles. Oh, absolutely. I, I stand Beeper, though. His juggling is very good, I will say. That was a highlight. He actually does clown stuff. What a shock. Yeah. Also, I think that's the only time they film in the big-ass tent that Circus World is known for. Yeah, they were probably like, we got another show at 1230. You guys better get the hell out of here in <laughs> 10 minutes. We were only able to afford like 15 minutes in this thing. Side note. Back to the trailer. I just learned there's a place called Circus World Museum in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And I'm just like, I'm so disappointed they didn't turn the actual Circus World in Florida into a museum. Because you have no idea how many people would visit that, like that clown hotel in Nevada. And here's the taxidermied remains of the animals we tortured. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that SeaWorld bought Circus World and turned it into a baseball-themed theme park? Huh. Oh my god, they did? Yeah, that's what happened to it, which I don't think that's open now either. But Yeah, probably uh, not. <laughs> yes, because when I go to SeaWorld, the first thing I'm thinking is, you know... They really need a baseball field here. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. It was just like completely baseball themed but it was like mostly just the same roller coasters that circus world had and then like they built a huge baseball stadium which makes no sense because i like who are you gonna go see play baseball like <laughs> the whales are the, are the whales playing baseball <laughs> well this was still its own its own place sea world just owned it but uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you can't make it into MLB, you can go like play staged baseball games at the baseball theme park, I guess. And then Disney ended up doing the exact same thing, but kind of better. In the words of Frank Sinatra, send in the clowns. Give it back to them. Send in the clowns not the killer whales. So then it cuts to them deciding, oh, we finally decided what we want to give Mick as a birthday gift. And they make Miss Missy buy it for them. Well, I assume she's probably the only one of these fucking clowns that has a car. They could all fit in it, though. So she has to earn a red nose to be the school maid? How does this work? And she looks like Yubaba from Spirited Away. She looks like the clown version of... If every single one of the Sleeping Beauty fairies fused together, but it didn't go quite as well and their minds are still clashing with each other and it just results in endless panic and anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) And also the implications of giving our obedience as a gift and a bell that basically makes them all come when he rings it. It's like, I'm just saying... Eventually, we're going to find out Mick was on Epstein's Island using that bell. Oh, oh no. You, oh, God. Now I feel really bad for the next joke I was about to tell. Oh, dear. Say it. Is this a Christian special or is this like a weird BDSM porno? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is where the special gets really infuriating because as we find out, you know, they get the bell from Mick and. Blue's like, oh, it was my idea. I'll take all the credit for it. And then Miss Missy is like, okay, Blue, you can take the bell and polish it then. And, like, he doesn't want to because he's actually, like, good at decorating, but they don't recognize that at all. They just want him to polish the stupid bell. Yeah, you have tons of other people here who could take care of the stupid bell. Let him do the decorating. He's completely in the right here. And Miss Missy is just so condescending about it when he questions her, and, like, it's just... So fucking annoying. But Miss Missy, you don't understand. Oh, I, need to do- I think I do. Put it on the third shelf in the kitchen cupboard as soon as you're done polishing it. Ah, uh, Miss Missy, it wasn't all my idea. <laughs> Blue, what's obedience? I'll put the bill away. And then the narrator has the gall to put the icing on the cake and say, So, our young friend Blue seemed to be having a bad day. And your condescending bullshit isn't helping either, so. So they have this whole bit where somehow, I don't know how, the bell ended up getting stepped on because the elephant they have... It was near the water bowl. They they explain it so shittily. So, like, Blue is honestly kind of a dick here. And yeah. let me explain why. Number one, that is not a big bell. It cannot take that long to polish that thing. I have washed dishes bigger than that, and it takes me, like, five seconds. It cannot take that long to polish a bell and put it on a shelf. Why is he so upset about this? Second of all... Why are you leaving it near a giant creature with giant feet that crushes things? Here's my theory. Blue was just so fed up with these assholes that out of complete spite, he deliberately left that bell there just to fuck with them. Honestly, the first time I watched this, I mistook that Conniver had ended up messing up the bell and that's what was going to be the reveal, but which would have made sense. No, Conniver just instead chooses to commit straight up terrorism. <laughs> this this dude went from zero to a hundred so fast. It yeah. started out with him just like kind of convincing these guys to like disobey their teacher and now he's putting a fucking bomb in the trailer he was ready to kill them all that was my biggest like gasp moment of the entire episode the first was i had forgotten that this was a christian clown show so when they started talking about jesus i was like oh my gosh (laughs) this came out of nowhere but then uh the biggest gasp worthy moment though was when (laughs) the next time we see conniver he just has like a giant (laughs) pipe bomb and it's ready to like blow up the entire place <laughs> i'm sitting there watching it like oh dude, uh mcvillain is back what's he gonna jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> just end it right there just have them all blow up and then they all learn their lessons about obedience like if that story didn't have a happy ending why does the whole tape have to <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like a series finale like a like the dinosaurs finale <laughs> hot barbecue Today. Or the two and a half men finale. Hot take, that finale was fucking great. Because one, it pissed off Charlie Sheen. Two, it pissed off his enablers and defenders. And three, Chuck Lurie got the last laugh. 
Cope and seethe, you losers. Huzzah. It's pretty good. Like, the amount of pettiness to, like, do that is pretty uh, incredible. It is the ultimate fuck you, and I am glad that Chuck Lorre took the W. I mean, it still doesn't excuse the other things, but, like, yeah. Yeah. And also, you just know they're torturing that poor elephant wherever she is in this tape. Like, good God. Yeah, if they weren't torturing her, Miss Missy definitely had that elephant sent off to the Ringling Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, those uh, tusks were uh, coming off after that flattened the belt. Randy, no! Oh, no. I mean, I know they believe in corporal punishment, but that's a step too far, don't you think? <laughs> and so then also, so then Blue gives basically every YouTuber apology. I'm sorry, guys. Really, I mean it. Why don't they believe me? It's okay. It's 2023 now. If people don't accept your apology because you fucked up, just blame cancel culture and start making a comedy special called Anti-Woke or whatever the fuck. You'll get on <laughs> Netflix and you'll get so many views and you'll get a book deal and you'll get an interview on Tucker Carlson where you can talk about how silenced you are. Oh, hey, Blue's hanging out with Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan. How's that going? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we all know who the opening act of uh, Joe Rogan's new anti-woke comedy club is going to be. Probably Matthew. <laughs> You get your face scanned, and then that's how you get your big red nose. You know, if I ever wanted to actually just see what's going on in there, I could easily just wear clown makeup, and now they can't find me. And so then Blue decides to make up for the bell being crushed. He decides to give Mick his grandfather's whistle. That we've never heard about up until now, am I right? Yeah. If they had talked at all about the whistle and how much it meant to him, and like, oh, my grandpa is the one who taught me the importance of rules, or something it would make sense but it just comes out of fucking nowhere now here's what gets me so early like right when blue fucks up miss missy takes him out of the room and says i think we need to talk young man here's how i think that talk went she took him in the back screamed at him about how he's going to hell for getting some five dollar bell crushed and in order to repent for his sins he needs to give up his important family heirloom <laughs> That's basically what I think happened here. That Good sounds God. very uh, evangelist. I gotta mention, by the way, um, one part that unsettled me is while they were doing like the sped up decorating montage, there was like a specific camera angle in that trailer that made it look like surveillance footage. Good God! <laughs> and I was expecting like a robbery or a shooting or something to happen. I mean, they keep all the curtains closed while they're in the caboose. Like, it reminded me way too much of how whenever I pass the Scientology building in Sacramento, the windows always look blocked off. Like, you just know there's something going on. Isn't there, like, cameras everywhere there, too? And they're always, like, focused on whoever's walking by? Yep. <laughs> yep. But also, Blue, I bet your grandpa's gonna feel real fucking special when he finds out you gave away an important family heirloom to some asshole was who wasn't even in the room when you were disobedient, again in air quotes. Oh, wait, hang on. It makes sense that they were showing it like surveillance footage. There was a terrorist attack in there, which, oh, I gotta get into the bomb. I gotta get into the bomb. So Dick Dastardly puts the pipe bomb next to the cake and he slinks away into the other room because, you know... Bombs famously only go off in one room. So then Miss Missy is like, oh dear, it's an alarm clock. I better go put it in the other room. How stupid are you? And of course, because bombs famously only explode in one room, of course, it just blows up in the room that villain Mick shithead whatever is in. And he's like, you know, all cartoon, you know, clothes torn up and burned or whatever. When I, I feel like he should be... uh ground beef at that point <laughs> and so he runs away and they all laugh at him and they're like oh won't villain mcconniver ever learn no probably not because his name is villain mcconniver you're not gonna go up to someone named coomer p or an addict and say dude stop jerking off so much <laughs> <laughs> i found the source of the ticking it's a pipe bomb hooray Yay! that's what that was basically there's like a cool tracking shot when he's like about to place it too i was like oh this is actually a little suspenseful it's kind of getting artsy here clown tv is better but this definitely has more of a budget and they'll like move the camera around and like get a little uh 
wild with it. Yeah, that's the thing. Why does this have a budget? I don't know. I wonder if a church sponsored it. Yeah, I mean, churches make a lot of money from guilt-tripping their members and saying, please give us money for the Lord. Give us money for this clown show. <laughs> you know, I'm actually looking up Agape Force on Google, and one of the search results says, Agape Force Ministry is a teenage non-denominational ministry of CGMI saddled with the responsibility of grooming the next generation of... Oh! oh. They're just outright admitting it at this point! Good God! Oh! And they're still calling us the groomers! <laughs> So Agape Force is a place or a organization. This whole time I thought Agape Force was somebody's name. <laughs> I was like, what a dope name. It's the Christian equivalent of Alan Smithy. <laughs> I just want to ask, um, well, Mick wasn't even there when the shit went down. So Blue never even had to say anything to him exactly. in the first place. Exactly. So <laughs> it was such a such a vibe killer where he's like, Happy birthday, and everyone's excited, and he's like, I have to say something. I have to apologize. I've been terrible. <laughs> he was literally manipulated out of giving away a family heirloom for nothing. Just imagine if me. someone walked up to you and said, hey, happy birthday. How are you doing? I just said a racist slur in a Twitch stream, by the way. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, he's not even specific. He's just, like, super vague. He's like, I did something, and I disappointed everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're kind of killing the mood. I genuinely do believe that Miss Missy legit manipulated him into giving Mick that fucking whistle. <laughs> also, he blows the whistle inside, which, fuck you for that. <laughs> Mick is Jeffrey Epstein, and Miss Missy is Ghislaine Maxwell. Change my mind. Neon is so weird. His vibe is strange to me because he's got like these biker goggles, but then he's got like the Cesar Romero mustache and he's just, his whole vibe is off. These are supposed to be kids, right? Why yeah. did you put a fucking mustache on him? I'm I'm just choosing to believe this is clown college, and I'm imagining that the whole origin tape is just them all saying, you people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown college. <laughs> oh, I see. This is a uh, Catholic clown university. Yeah, that's the thing. These clowns don't really have any personality. And what personalities they do have are just so one note. It's literally victorious. Exactly. Even, no, even victorious actually gave characters some personality. Here it's just boy one, boy two, girl one, girl two, dumb girl, dumb boy. Literally, like, for example, Sunshine the Clown has some personality, but that personality is just that she's smart and uses big words. Basically, Peaches is all that she's a Southern Belle. That's it. Oh, wait, yeah, no, I, I forgot the other trope of a random genius character. Wait, if you have a genius on your team, then you should know how to use the combobulator clown whatever fucking machine. Also, this might just be me, but did Bubblegum remind anybody else of Jenny Nicholson? A little, yeah. <laughs> like Jenny Nicholson and clown makeup and a pink wig. She absolutely would have done a video on Circus World if it was still around. She should. In fact, she should just go to whatever baseball stadium it is now. It's probably completely abandoned and just has like... I don't know, skeletal remains of an elephant somewhere. I, I'm sure that's where they put all the uh, all, all the corpses of the animals that SeaWorld killed. I just know that's a place that would have been somewhere in the background of the Florida project. If you see me with Tillicum's skull, no you don't. So basically, you know my verdict at this point. Burn the goddamn tapes. This is bad. Th congratulations, Big Rock Candy Mountain. You are no longer in the top five worst things I've had to watch for this podcast. I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but this is just an insidious fucking movie. It, it just comes off as wanting to have really well intentions, but just being so toxic about it. Like, I don't want to be a dick to anybody who has genuinely good memories of this tape. If you genuinely- I do. No, I'm kidding. I, I do want to say, though, if you have good quote-unquote memories of this tape, are you okay? Are you safe? Do you need someone to talk to? I could imagine liking this as a kid and just like all of the weird lessons and like Jesus stuff kind of going over my head and just being like, oh, well, I like clowns. I like some of the songs, like having a good time. <laughs> I did have a potty training tape that involved a clown. 
I'm gonna figure out what that was. Was that Bobby Bobby's birthday? Yes. What? I oh, had yeah, that, that one. one. Oh my that's, god. That's the one where it was like what well, a super duper pooper. Yeah, with the Mister Conductor looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh my fucking god! How did you just know the name of that instantly? Because I own that one. Oh, oh my, my god. god. We're more kinetically linked than we think. <laughs> my mom's been singing that to us when we get potty trained for generations. Well, there's generations being one millennial and two zoomers dear god also no we are not covering that because even we have limits <laughs> yes yeah uh we we already know how to use the bathroom we're good <laughs> uh but yeah just burn the tapes this is just such a mean-spirited tape and there is some talent involved i will say the the singing isn't that bad and even some of the clowning is fun but otherwise it's just a miserable fucking tape to get through and it just has such a nasty message to be learning just watch dumbo circus <laughs> agreed at least that one might have some decent life lessons the episode ends with the group punishing sebastian by exploiting his acrophobia at least watching that won't make me feel as dirty at least no racist crows <laughs> watch dumbo circus watch clown tv watch anything but this no please watch clown tv yes two years later i still think that i still think clown tv deserves better absolutely i will always give a keep the tapes to clown tv i'm, I'm still waiting for it to catch on like on tiktok or something like one of these days there'll be like a clown tv drag brunch or something kit did post a clown tv tiktok yeah um it was of the get this ice cream cone off my nose see and i was like more people need to be aware of this and also that would make an amazing sound i think i posted one too i can't remember which one i posted it was another oopsie and poopsie one though because i was like this feels like it would be a good tiktok sound also the fact that this has four tapes and clown tv only has one come on that is a travesty well for what it's worth I think one of the tapes is just a pilot that was, like, never released. Okay, thank God. Because it was on Matthew Jackson's YouTube channel, and again, that got taken down. But yeah, burn burn the tapes. You know what? Rapture the tapes. Get them out of my sight. I don't... You know what? Go get salvated, or whatever the fuck it, it is that happens when Jesus comes back. I'll be sitting here in my sin-filled life on Earth, free of this shit. <laughs> yeah! Burn the tapes in the same place they were burning those uh, game piece people. Huzzah. <laughs> or those E.T. Atari games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Wesley, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, I mean, I'm plugging away. I've uh, been doing my little E.T. interview show over on my uh, YouTube channel, Viewist. And it's been a while since I've dropped an episode, but I do have one in the can that I'm working on. And I guess I'll go ahead and tell you guys who it is and. uh Hopefully I can have it up before this this will light a fire under me to actually like hurry up and get it up. <laughs> but I interviewed the guy who voices Botanicus on the E.T. Adventure ride. No way! Oh my god! Yes! Ron Knight. I tracked him down and uh, he was super cool and talked theme parks and talked about what it was like recording it and <laughs> all of that. Oh so, god, uh, you gotta reach out to the... Uh... What's his name? Kotzwinkle guy who who wrote who wrote the Green Planet. Yeah, I actually have, and I never heard anything back. So I may sure I may try that again. I've got a few now. people in the works. No, that that's great. All right, I'm going. It's just been Ready a matter of like, trying to schedule Where do you stuff. Think but we uh, are? this one was a a big get that I was very excited about. That that's so big, cool! Yeah. Oh my god. I don't really have any social media at the moment, but if you do want to follow me, I'm over on MuppetVision underscore 3D on Twitter, Mission Breakout on Twitter with a zero, although I'm probably going to be moving over to the public one by the time this episode's up. Uh, you can find me on Mission Breakout on Discord, and then you can find me teaming up with Conniver Von Villain and helping him start his Tumblr Sexy Man era. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's got the top hat. He looks like the onceler. He's on his way there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Um you you're you're correct to say that. Uh Cosmic Rewind. Replace the E with the three. Twitter and YouTube. I'm so tired. This is gonna be a long month. <laughs> Only week one, folks. Only week one. Anyway, you can find me on the usual spots. Tyler FG on Twitter. TylerFG96 on Instagram. You can also find the show on Twitter at channel underscore KRT. Channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. Uh, we also have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, we have two options. 
First off, we have Patreon, where we have exclusive mini-sodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience. And we also have Ko-Fi, where we have said exclusive mini-sodes at 5 bucks a pop. And if you just want to donate money to us, you can just do that if you want to. Hell yeah. And of course, thank you so much to our pals Bennett Ballard, Chris Reyna, and Tony Goldmark for pledging to us the $10 level. And an extra special thank you to our executive producers, Mike and Gomer. Thanks, guys. Mommy don't know daddy's getting hot at the KRT Unholy Month doing something unholy. Yay. Channel KRT, ashes to ashen, funk to funky. We know Major Tom's a junkie, strung out on heaven's high, hitting an all-time low. What should we wish for for wish number three? Get this ice cream cone off my nose! A new unicycle? Get this ice cream cone off my nose! A shopping spree at Toys R Us! Get this ice cream cone off my nose! 